Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. for your help if you would be interested in helping on Monday, November 15th, um, just need some help in the kitchen and uh, a few hands to help serve food that night uh, as the kids, the boys and girls come through and their parents. Uh, we'll probably have, I think we have over 125 uh, signed up for that banquet that night. And so we just want to make it really special for our parents and for our runners. And so if you're interested in helping, um, would you just see me and uh, let me know? And there's a couple people already that have said that they they would help. But Monday the 15th um, is, uh, is going to be a good night here. And uh, we look forward to that. I know a lot of you pray. A lot of you ask updates about the team. We finished our season yesterday a little early. And uh, actually, I'm a little heartbroken uh, we had uh, we had a great season, a great team, and uh, one of our boys, unfortunately, our top boy, um, was able to finish the race, but then he ended up having to go to the hospital later on in the evening, uh, had an EKG, and some things just came back a little abnormal, and so would appreciate your prayer uh, for him and for the opportunity. Uh, I'll be meeting with him later today um, and just to sit and chat and catch up. And just uh, that God will give me the words to be able to share um, as, uh, as I share Christ with him and the hope that we have. And so this sermon today is just amazing because uh, it's on patience. And I tell you, patience is like a new car, right? Um, when you buy a new car and then all of a sudden you go driving with it and you see all those other same models out there that you didn't see before, you're like, whoa. I didn't even realize all that. Well, when we pray for patience, often that's what happens. All of a sudden, we become very aware and conscious of all the areas that we are struggling or need patience in. And, uh, and, and, and so we want to do that this morning. We want to look at what, what does patience, what's the term mean? Uh, how, do, how do we define it? How does God define it? Uh, what does it look like? Um, and so I, I want to do that. We first want to look at the book of Galatians where we're looking at the elements here. And so I want to read that with you. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It's up on the screen as well. And uh, usually I try to have these verses printed off, um, but I didn't get that printed off this morning. So if I go back and forth with my glasses, it's because I'm at that point in my life that I don't have bifocals. And so it's just 
I'm having to be patient with myself. So we'll get to that in a minute. But Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So we want to look at this idea and this element of patience because it's critical how, how we as Christ followers get to exude and to live out our faith, to live out our life as we follow Christ. What are the elements that should be in us as followers of Christ and how is that shown to a world who needs to see and to hear Jesus? So would you pray with me as we begin? Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the way that you show yourself faithful to us, even when we are not faithful. And I just pray, Lord, this morning that, uh, that you would help us as we open up your word, as we look at uh, several different passages that, uh, that show us and help us to see uh, not only the patience that we need to live, but, Lord, knowing that that patience comes from you, because you are a patient God, because you are patient with us, and you have been patient with mankind from the beginning of creation. We thank you for that, Lord, and we just pray that your spirit would work in our hearts, draw us closer to you, that we may see you and hear from you, and that our lives, our hearts would be different because we've met in this time with you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So patience is this. I go back to Webster 1828, found online. Patience, Webster defines it this way, the suffering of afflictions, pain, toil, calamity, uh, or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper, endurance without murmuring or fretfulness. Patience may spring from constitutional fortitude, from a kind of heroic pride, or from a Christian submission to the divine will. He also says it could be a calm temper which bears evil without murmuring or discontent. He says it's an act or quality of waiting long for justice or expecting good without discontent. And then he quotes Matthew 18, 26, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Isn't it awesome that uh, we have a dictionary that quotes the Bible and gets its definition for words from God's word. Uh, that, that's just amazing. Um, it's great. There's a uh, um, in the Enderman's Bible Dictionary, patience is described this way. It's God's forbearance towards sinners, and it's insistent on his relation in the Old Testament text. And so there's a couple Old Testament texts that I, I want to read to you uh, and, and to show you here. The first is this, uh, Exodus 34, 6, and it says this, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Well, you look at that and you say, well, where's the word patience? It's not there. Well, that's because in the Hebrew, uh, there isn't a term entitled patience. In Hebrew, it's, it, it is, we'll get to it in a minute, it is a phrase, and the phrase here says slow to anger. So let's look at our next verse, Psalm 103, verse 8. Psalm 103, verse 8 uh, says this, The Lord is merciful and gracious, and there's our phrase again, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Um, what we see here is this Hebrew term or phrase is defined long in nostrils. So I thought of this, I thought of this character, um, because... 
because number one, because uh, I was called Gonzo in, in high school, my freshman year, middle school actually. Middle school is where I, uh, I was called big nose and made fun of and all that. So Gonzo and I became very good buddies. And, uh, and so when I was reading this text and studying, I'm like long and nostrils. Oh my goodness, that's Gonzo. Uh, and so it, it's weird to think about how would they define this uh, God is slow to anger. He's long in nostrils because when we think about anger, right, and the fire, the, the nostrils just, you can see somebody as they're angry, right, and, and, and that expression that God is long in nostrils. I'm sure you've never heard that before. And if you have, I congratulate you. Um, but when we think about the nostrils, that's where anger is vented. And so God is slow to vent his anger. Another passage, Proverbs 19, 11, uh, says this. Good sense makes one slow to anger or long in the nostrils. So I hope you have long nostrils, okay? And in his glory to overlook an offense. So Proverbs tells us, hey, it, 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 it it is a good thing to have patience, to have long nostrils. In the New Testament, um, what we also see is, again, God, we see God setting the example here, right? The first two texts, we saw God being patient, God being slow to anger with mankind. Um, and we see this even in the New Testament of God and his patience towards us. And so in Luke chapter 18, verse 7, and, I, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? And so God is there, and he is not going to delay, but he is very patient. Our next passage, Romans 2, verse 4, uh, says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God, God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Uh, which leads me to this, uh, this story that I, that I found. There was um, a famous atheist, Robert Ingersoll, and he was lecturing once, and he took out his watch, and he declared, I will give God five minutes to strike me dead for the things I have said. Well, the minutes ticked off his, his watch as he waited, and about four and a half minutes in, some women began fainting, but nothing happened. When the five minutes were up, Ingersoll put the watch back in his pocket. When that incident reached the ears of a certain preacher, Joseph Parker, he asked, what did the gentleman think that he could exhaust the patience of the eternal God in five minutes? How proudful and arrogant we can be, right? Our God is a patient God, and we see that all throughout Scripture. And we also see it, if we're honest, we see that in our life. Um, Romans chapter 9, verse 22. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? See, the thing is, is we have the full word of God, and so we know the end of the story. We know what is coming. And right now, we live in a time, in a place where God is being patient. He desires that all would come to know him and that none would perish that's the patience of a truly loving and gracious and awesome God. But we know that that patience comes to an end where his wrath will be poured out, where judgment will come. 
that he has selected vessels where that will be happening. We don't know when. We don't know exact timing of that. But we know and we trust God is faithful to his word. 1 Corinthians 3 or 13 verse 4 says love is patient. We know that, right? A lot of weddings or when your spouse gets really upset with you and it's like, hey, let me quote this to you. Or, you know, those blankets that they have verses and writing on like, okay, I'm going to hold this up. I'm just folding it, really. No. Love is patient, right? We know that that's part of the way that love is expressed is through patience. And that's why when we look at the elements that are displayed, it's a building upon. So love, joy, peace, patience. And so they're working together. And so as you see the next few verses uh, that are going to be up, you're going to see these other terms that we've already talked about. Love and, and joy. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Uh, I think we'll get to gentleness in a few weeks, right? And so it's just interesting as we see these elements shared about in the word, they, there is a togetherness that exhibits not only our God and not only our Savior Jesus as he lived his life, but how we, how we get to live out these elements as well. Colossians 1 verse 11 says this, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience, there it is, with joy, right? And uh, we see the opportunity that as we live what God gives us. Uh, Colossians 3 verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and what's that last one? So it's something that we need to put on, all right? It's something that we choose as well. Now, remember, the elements that are inside of us come from who? They come from God, right? It's because we're in, we're in the vine, all right? In that vine, we are hooked up, and out of that vine flows into us the characteristics of who God is and how he wants us to live. Apart from God, we can't do that. And so if we disconnect from the vine, um, we, we cannot be uh, living to the fullness of these elements. And so as we try, and this is, this is where it's hard, right? Because there's, there's a wrestling with, well, wait a minute, I, I get this from God, but you're telling me I have to do this too. And while we're doing these things, they come up, they well up out of us because we're in that close fellowship with Jesus. And so in and of ourselves, and this is a hard concept to think of because we know a lot of good people who don't know Jesus. But let me tell you, as we live our lives for Jesus and, and as we've placed our faith and trust in him, we are who we are because of what Jesus has done for us. It's not because you just made all the right good decisions. God does give us choice, but in that God is still working and, and, and controlling and, and allowing circumstances and situations that are beyond our control to navigate us, to help us to see as we make choices what that looks like and how God flows in and through us as we live. So it's kind of like the railroad tracks. When you look at them, you see them and you look at a distance and they look like they come together. And yet there's two tracks and you know there's two tracks and so this, this idea that, okay, I, I, I'm supposed to be putting on 
patience, but at the same time, the fruit of the Spirit, this element comes from the vine. It comes from God, and so I can't do it myself. And so how do those come together? Well, it comes together, and we get to do patience. We get to live it out. We get to put it on because why? Because we're in the vine. We're abiding in Christ, and we have to do that. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, as we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. <laughs> this is a good reminder for us, all right? Hey, we get to encourage people. Paul's writing here to the, the early church and saying, listen, there are going to be people who are like this. What? That they're idle, that they're faint-hearted, all right? Their, their heart is of faint. They, they are weak Right? And he says what? Be patient with them all. Be patient with them all. Interesting as we look at the book of Peter, how Peter explains and looks at the patience of God with us and how we get to live that patience out. And we see this in Second Peter verses three, verse four, or chapter three, verse four. It says, Because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the day of Noah. Um, let me switch there. 2 Peter 3, verse 4, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. So people say, well, what's God doing? Where is he at? Israel did that for many years. Where, what's going to happen? Where have you been, God? In all those years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament, Peter explains, they will say, Where's the promise of God? And I believe that even as the church, we sometimes get caught up into that. Where's the promise of God in his return? Peter says this in 1 Peter 3, verse 20, though, helps us. Because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Again, God's patience, and we see God has a limit of patience, but we see all throughout the word of God, how he has this element of patience and how we are to exhibit it. Here's, here, here's a time and a place where, where the people did not cry out to God. And yet God took the patience of a hundred years for this man Noah who would go out every day and work on the boat. He was building a boat for rain. And at night, he would go and preach. He would go to preach to the people and tell them about the rain. For a hundred years, that's patience. God did not strike them dead in the moment. He gave them the opportunity to repent. He was patient with them. And so 2 Peter verse 3, verse 9 helps us with this. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach what? Repentance. Repentance. We see Paul's example as he's writing to Timothy. And Paul shares about his life in the context of this passage in 1 Timothy, verses 15 and 16, where Peter shares and says, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. 
but I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. What Paul is saying is, listen, I wasn't following him. And yet God in his patience put up with me and what I was doing. And I'm here as an example. And I get to live my life because of what Christ has done for me. He writes this as a follow-up in 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. As he's encouraging Timothy as, as his final letter. He's saying, Timothy, this is what you need to do. He says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete Patience and teaching. Do we need patience today? You say, well, pastor, I don't want to pray for patience because, you know, some people have said you don't pray for patience, right? Because if you pray for patience, you know it's coming. You know something's coming. We need patience. Patience, we see the biblical patience is a God exercise or God given restraint in the face of opposition or oppression. It's not passivity. When we look at the, the terms here, there's three different terms in the New Testament. MacArthur, John MacArthur defines patience this way. He says it has to do with tolerance. Now, let, let me pause there for a minute. If you know John MacArthur, you know he's not talking about tolerance of culture, tolerance of sin. So be careful how we let society redefine things. Don't, don't do that. All right. So when you hear the word tolerance, don't think, oh, we're excusing sin. That's not what he's saying. He says patience has to do with tolerance and long-suffering that endure injuries inflicted by others to calm to a calm willingness to accept situations that are irritating or painful. Trench says it this way. It's a long holding out of the mind. It's a long temperedness. Three Greek words, and I, I won't get too deep here. All right. Uh, one is found 14 times. Um, and, and it really is defined that you see it in the New Testament as forbearance, patience, or long-suffering. Another term is found 32 times, and, it, and you'll see it shown as a steadfastness or endurance. A third term is to be patient or to delay. It's found 10 times, or it could be said as weighted. The New Bible Dictionary says biblical patience is God-sent exercise, God-given restraint in the face of opposition and oppression. We need patience most when there's opposition. We need patience most when life isn't going the way we think it should be. That's why I love what Andrew shared this morning as he started. Like, we have our ideas. We have our thoughts. We have our concepts of how this day should be. And I lack patience when things don't work out the way I think they should be. Right? Can we be honest in that way? There's sometimes that that patience um, that we need to endure. Sometimes we don't have control. And in, in, the, in the midst of 
suffering some kind of hardship or some kind of pain or some kind of, uh, of infliction that we didn't cause. We need patience in that sense of, Lord, I have no control over this. I have no control over that individual or that person or that thing. And so asking the Lord to give us endurance, to allow us to suffer long under what his hand has. Let's go to a passage in, in James. And I, I'd like to settle here um, as we kind of finish up this morning. James chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, if you turn there with me. James chapter 5, and I want to look with you, uh, verses 7 through 11. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. James says this. He says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door, and as example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. It's a great text for us as we think about patience, and maybe it's a section that you need to write down and that you need to go home and you need to put it somewhere where you can see it over and over and over again. Something that, a passage that we need to run to as we, as we think about walking through each day and when struggles and hardships start to start to fall on us. It's a, it's a great passage. And what we see is James is giving the, the, the early readers here uh, an opportunity to, to take two different scenarios and to put into their minds um, an example. That first example is the farmer. The farmer, as he plants the seed, must be patient. He must be patient for two things. First, he must be patient for the early rain. Because without the early rain, all the seed will do is to dry up and shrivel up and be dead. Or an animal will come and pluck it. It will not, it will not produce without the early rain. But there's also a later rain. And while that, that seed, if it gets the early rain, will start to shoot up and it will, it will start to, to produce... Um, if it, it does not have another rain, the later rain, it won't produce the quality and the quantity that it's intended to do. Some of you, I may be way over your mind. I, I know this because growing up out in good old Norton and out, out in the farm and we had a huge garden. And there were times that as we, we tried to plant and we, whenever we went to go plant, we would make sure that in the forecast there was rain coming before we would plant the seeds early in the spring. We tried to do that around Memorial Day because the ground around here would be warm enough where it would take it in and, and you were just looking and you were waiting and saying, okay, when's that rain coming and when can we get that seed in? And when we would put those on, man, it was, it was awesome to see the seeds starting to come up and the plants coming. It was a great thing that you labored and you toiled I loved it more as I got older. 
I hated the work when I was a kid because you had to wait because you put that seed in there and you work hard for a couple of days. And that, yes, our garden was that big. We planted for a couple of days. And, and in doing that, you know, our garden was bigger than this room here. And, and in doing that, you, there was nothing for you to congratulate yourself when you got done. It was awful. At least when you scrape paint, you can see you did something. When you plant seeds, there ain't nothing there. And that's what James is saying. The farmer knows he's got to be patient and wait for that first early rain. And when you start seeing those seeds come up, you're like, yeah. But I learned very early that without another rain, later on, your labor still was in vain. There was many times our corn would come up and, man, it looked really good. And then a drought hit and it didn't get the late rain. The beans were sprouting up and they were coming on, but they didn't get the blooms because they didn't get the late rain. The farmer, the farmer has to be patient and we have to be patient as we walk through life. This is a picture for us. To be able to see, God, you are in control. And I trust, as the writer says, says, be patient. For what? What are we looking? Until the coming of the Lord. Because Jesus is going to come. And that's what we have to look forward to. That's what we have as our hope and assurance. That's what, that's what helps us as we endure whatever we go through right here and now. That this isn't the end. That Jesus is coming back. That we will be united with him again one day. And so just as the farmer has to wait and be patient for the early and the late rain. So we too must be patient. Can the farmer control the rain? No. Can we control life situations and circumstances? Whew. If we try to, we're in trouble. Verse 80 says, you also be patient. And he uses this as phrase, establish your heart. Or he says, strengthen firm. Stand firm to strengthen your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. What does that mean? When somebody's standing at the door, Hmm? They're ready to come in, right? So what's that say about Jesus? He's off on a journey. He's far away. No, where is he? He's standing at the door. And sometimes it seems like it's so long and we want him to come right now. But as we've seen in the word, God is patient he is a patient God. But even in his patience, he's still there. Standing at the door, and verse 10 says, As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophet who spoke in the name of the Lord. Look at the prophets. And so we see the second example of the prophets and how as they spoke for the Lord, they had to be patient. Because there are some prophets who wants God's vengeance and, and God's judgment to fall upon the people because they're not doing what's right. They're not doing what God has called them to do. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes as I'm driving, I want the vengeance of God to come down. Sometimes when we're in our activities and we go about life and living how God desires for us to live, there are situations and there's circumstances that arise that we can't wait for God and his justice to come as the judge. But I think if we were all honest as we read the scriptures, as much as we want that judge to appear, mm, mm. my heart breaks for the people that are going to be judged by the pure, righteous, just judge. I don't know if there's anything worse than being judged by God and not having Jesus as the one who intercedes for you. James then finishes this in this section. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. And this is a theme that James has said all throughout his, his letter here. The steadfastness in this term of steadfastness of being underneath this pressure, underneath the trial that we see in chapter 1, underneath the struggle of living life, that we would be steadfast, that you stay underneath that. You don't run away. You don't try to hide. You don't try to fix it. You stay steadfast. And he said, consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness, and here's our third example, of Job. Look at Job's life. You have seen the purpose of the Lord and how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Some would read that text and say, how is God compassionate and merciful? I know the story of Job. God took everything away from him, except for a wife that wanted him to curse God and die, and he had a horrible bad health. So why would James say here that the Lord is compassionate and merciful? You can't stop in the middle of the story. Patience doesn't stop in the middle of our story. Patience allows us to see the full picture. Because at the end, Job's faithfulness, what does that produce? Double of what he had before. As we live life, we may not see the double of everything. But there is that hope that as we are patient, enduring, long-nostrilled, living life that we know and we have the assurance of what is to come. So can we endure here these few and little hardships? Yes. Can we endure and be patient as we see at times big and tragic and harmful hardships? Yes. Because we have a God who is patient with us. 
but yet he is a God who is faithful to his word. Let me close with this. Um, just a little side note. I, I think sometimes um, some people are really hard on other people, and then there are other people who are really hard on themselves. And I think sometimes when we think of patience, sometimes, and I'm speaking to a few of you who struggle with this, you need to be patient with yourself. And I'm not saying that you should excuse sin or that you should uh, um, just brush off what God's trying to teach you and learn and, and have you to learn. But I think sometimes Satan gets in there and I am, I am like this. I am my worst enemy sometimes. And so let me just encourage you to look at the patience of God that he has towards you and be patient with yourself too. There's a sign after going through a work zone that, uh, that I, I think would, would maybe be good to show um, whenever you do a celebration service for me, if God were ever to call me home and you were still around. Uh, it says this, construction ended. Thank you for your patience. We all struggle. We all want, we all desire more patience. Stay in the vine. Stay attached to Jesus. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Your patience with us, there is no equal. Lord, there are a lot of enduring things that we have to go through in life. Irritations, complaints, people that that want to look at the negative or focus on the negative. And yet there are times that, Lord, there is great suffering. There's great hurt and heartache. And so, Lord, we need patience through all of these. And we thank you that we serve and we worship a God who is patient who knows what it looks like, to knows, who knows as Jesus walked this earth, he, the patience that he exhibited, the example that he set for us as we walk this earth. We thank you for that. I pray that this element of patience would be able to be seen by the world that we touch each day. Even though we are imperfect people, we serve a perfect God and we need more patience because we need more of you. So may we desire to know you more, to be in your word, to share with you our mind, our hearts through prayer. And may we continue to meditate upon your truths so that then patience flows from you to us. What an extraordinary concept. What an awesome gift that you've given us. That we could be hooked up to you and then display this element of patience. Help us to do that this week, Lord. And we pray this in the name of Jesus.